You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good morning, sisters. My name is Michelle Esmond, and it's an honor to be able to share some of my life with you this morning. I would first like to say thank you to our amazing staff and Michelle Carrillo for reaching out and giving me this opportunity to share in the Soul Sister series. But first, let's pray. Father, you are my rock. You are my shield, my fortress, my safe place. Father, I'm an imperfect woman, and yet you still chose me. I'm so grateful for your love, compassion, forgiveness. I sit here this morning because of your goodness. I pray that you can ease our hearts, clear our minds, and allow us to focus on you and your word. Thank you for each day that you give us. It is in your son, Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. I wanted to begin by just sharing a little bit about myself. I've been a part of this amazing region since I got baptized over 19 years ago. I got baptized as a junior in high school, back when we were called South Central in the Acts sector. You know, my sister um, was a disciple. She started studying the Bible in 2000. She was met on her college campus. And she just started bringing me to everything that she was doing, devos, a date, um, Sunday services, and I fell in love with the fellowship and the church. Um, here's a picture of my amazing big sister, Mishu Majabi and I, she's in the blue. I've been married for six years now to my best friend and my amazing husband, Casey. And here's a picture of us. We met in the singles ministry. Um, we became best friends very quickly. We led together, we fell in love and we got married. That's the short version of the story. We also have an energetic and loving 15-month-old, Ariel. She keeps us on our toes. Here's a picture of her. She's our gift from God. That's all for show and tell. Um, as I was trying to prepare for today, I thought about what should I share? How should I share what I was thinking about? If I should share it at all? And I kind of got stuck. I got stuck and along came doubt. I started feeling like maybe what I had to share wouldn't be significant enough. Um, doubt and my fear said, you're not a seasoned speaker or polished enough. Michelle McCurio made a mistake. She shouldn't have asked you to share. Just tell her that you can't do it. And I don't know what lies can affect you, but those are some of mine. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit was also speaking to me. And it reminded me to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways, submit to him and he will make my path straight. That's Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6. You know, God has always been my refuge, especially in times of doubt. I recently started reading a book called Eve's Song by Robin Widener. And I have not been able to put this book down. It is amazing. 
It's filled with poems, songs, and just paints such a humanistic picture of the struggles that Eve could have faced after sinning before God, after Abel being killed by Cain and Cain being banished. You know, she lost her two sons and she was at an all-time low. Uh, I wanted to share a small excerpt from the book with you guys. Um, In this section that I'm going to read, she is recounting her first meeting with God. It reads, The Garden of Eden awaited someone to till it and partake of its delights. Yet all of creation looked with anticipation toward a final moment, a final stroke of creative love, a deep sleep, bone and flesh, my breath, the energy of all creation all led to the crowning moment. The angels held their breath, ready to shout for joy. Finally, I gushed. What is it, Abba? What did you create last? You, Eve. You are the final moment of creation. The most complex of my creation. When you took your first breath, the angels shouted for joy. You have been equipped to carry life. You will help fill the earth with my likeness. Walk before me with all your heart and soul, you and all who come after you. And when I read that, I my heart just melted. I mean, it was so beautiful just to think about how, you know, God envisions us. And it instantly reminded me of just some of the lessons and some of the principles that I have learned um, from reading Soul Care Um I was part of an amazing book club with uh, some amazing sisters. And one of the things that stuck out to me as I was reading that book, um, it's a statement. It says um, that the issue of my value has been settled on the cross. I'll say that again. It says the issue of my value has been settled on the cross. So when I have doubts and question my value, I remember that I'm so valued that Christ died for me. And that's a beautiful thought for me. You know, I was, again, I I was fortunate to be a part of an amazing, you know, soul care sisters is what we call ourselves group during a pandemic. And it really created a safe place for us to be able to share our deepest fears and just be vulnerable without the fear of judgment. And I would like to thank Ari, Grace and Joy for that environment. You know, God has always been my refuge. I've always run to him for protection when I was scared, lonely, or just sad. And lately he has been my refuge in my time of grief, which is what I wanted to spend a little bit of time focusing on this morning. My title is simply God, my refuge in grief. Refuge is defined as a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or trouble. And for me, That is God to me. He protects me from all of these things. I don't know about you, but in the beginning of the pandemic, I made a to-do list because I wanted to try to be productive. And I was working from home, but my job is not something that you can do from home. So I just had a lot of time on my hands. And in order for me to be productive, I created this list of seven things that I needed to get done. Um... The first thing is we wanted to move. We were living in a studio and we just needed a bigger place. Uh, My daughter, Ariel, was getting into everything. Um, 
The second thing is I wanted to take a photography class. My husband bought me a camera for Christmas and I just wanted to be able to, you know, learn some tips and tricks on how to take, you know, possibly better pictures and lighting and all those kinds of things. Um, third, I wanted to learn some traditional recipes from um, my island, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I wanted to make homemade ice cream with the ice cream maker that I had bought five years prior and never used. I wanted to sleep train my daughter. I wanted to help a woman get to know God. And I wanted to clean out my closet, declutter, and just get rid of things. And when I look back at this list, I'm really proud of myself. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. Um, you know, we were able to move into a bigger place in the midst of a pandemic. Um, I learned a lot of traditional Trinidadian dishes. Um, I made homemade coconut ice cream. Uh, God used uh, Christina Reese and myself to help Lakine get baptized on September 4th. And I got rid of tons of clothes. Obviously, number, you know, moving and getting rid of clutter went hand in hand. So I'm grateful. Five out of seven. I'm proud of myself. I did a great job. Um, but those are some of the things that I did and I created to keep myself occupied and to, you know, allow me to get used to our sort of new norm, which really isn't normal at all. Um, but over time, even with my to-do list, you know, the constraints of the pandemic started to become really hard for me. You know, I wondered, you know, if there was any sight and end to the restrictions. Um, will things get back to normal? Is there a normal? Um, I miss the fellowship, you know, and I still do a lot. Um, I miss my family. Um, I hadn't, you know, I haven't hugged my mom since March of this year. And I just miss her a lot. I miss that embrace. Um, my coworker, whom I share an office with, um, got COVID and she infected her entire family. And I was just worried, you know, how she was doing and if she would do well. And, you know, prayerfully, you know, um, she's doing well. Her family's doing well. Um, they have some slight complications, but, you know, they're overall healthy. Um, and then... You know, the the one thing that I do appreciate just about the new norm with COVID is, you know, as a result, I have been able to connect with my family even more, you know, via Facebook or Zoom, Skype, things like that. And so I've been able to talk to my mom every single day and FaceTime with her and with my daughter, Ariel. And so on July 29th, we were FaceTiming and just a normal conversation and you know, she told me that my aunt Maureen, <clears throat> who had raised my sister and I for five years, wasn't feeling very well. And she had agreed to go to the doctor. So, you know, that sounds normal, right? But uh, for me, I knew it was serious because my aunt hated hospitals. She hated doctors. And in the five years that she raised us, she never went to see a doctor. So I knew it was something serious. Um, later on that night, my um, uncle, her husband, found her um, passed out on the floor and he called the ambulance and he took her to the hospital. Um, by the next day, doctors told us to prepare for the worst. And I instantly knew that the worst was to come. Um, I started trying to prepare myself, but what does that look like? What does it look like to prepare for the worst? I, I don't know. I still don't know. 
when I woke up two days later, um, I had a missed call from one of my aunts and it was at 4 a.m. And I knew what that meant. And then I had a call from my sister at 6 a.m. So I gave her a call and she told me that my aunt was gone. Um, over the next few days, my sister and I scrambled to put together a eulogy for my aunt. We wanted to be able to honor her. Um, I think we did well. Um, but the hardest part was because of hope, uh, because of COVID, I wasn't able to go home to Trinidad. Um, the borders were closed. They were not accepting anyone in. So I wouldn't have the opportunity to be able to say goodbye the way that I had hoped. I mustered my strength and I got through the funeral. Um, it was live streamed and I was able to watch it. But I knew that I had a lot to process. I had a lot of grief to process. And as I started trying to navigate through some of my grief, um, I turned to Psalm 34, verse 18 for comfort. And it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. And that's exactly what I was feeling. I was feeling so crushed and defeated. And I could literally feel and see God all around me during this time. I got so many calls and text messages from loved ones, from brothers and sisters in the church. Food was being delivered to us. Um, I had my sister that I could talk to and we could reminisce with together. Um, my husband was a great source of strength. It, you know, God was so amazing, you know, to me as I was dealing with and going through, you know, this loss. About a week after the funeral, I woke up in the morning about two o'clock and I was just overwhelmed in sadness. Um, I just couldn't stop crying. Just memories of my aunt, thoughts, emotions swept over me, um, crippled me. And all I could think about was that I wouldn't hear her voice again. And I scrambled to try to find if I had a voicemail from her or something. I, I didn't have anything just to hear her voice. I started thinking, well, I remember her voice, you know, two, three, four months from now, six months from now. And in that time, all I could do was just say, God, I need you. And I just visualized him holding me and wiping my tears away. And that's exactly what Revelations 21 verse four says. It says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. I look forward to that day more and more each day. Um, and I have to admit, you know, I, I am definitely someone that doesn't always understand the process of grief. Um, I feel like through the years, I understand it better, but I still get stuck. And I came across this definition of grief that I loved. It says that grief is the internal parts of loss, how we feel. The internal work of grief is a process, a journey. It does not end on a certain day or date. It is an individual as each of us. Grief is real because loss is real. Each grief has its own imprint, as distinctive, as unique as the person we lost. The pain of loss is so intense, so heartbreaking, because in loving, we deeply connect with another human being. 
And grief is the reflection of the connection that has been lost. And I thought that was so beautiful. I finally had words to kind of express, you know, what I was feeling a bit. I'm still navigating through my emotions and I'm not healed. I'm just healing. And I'm realizing that I have a lot of other other sources of grief that are unprocessed because I didn't have time for it. And I just tucked it away and told myself I'll deal with it later. And so I'm having to unpack those and, and deal with it as well. You know, I'm definitely grateful again for my soul care sisters because in the midst of, you know, losing my aunt and helping prepare for her funeral, they were there for me and they were a source of so much support and love for me. It was the place where I could share and grief and share that I didn't want to grieve. I didn't want to process. I just wanted to stuff away everything that happened and not have to deal. And, you know, I, I often ask myself, when will the grief end? And I've ignorantly thought that about others, you know, close to me or others that are grieving as well in my heart. Like, when will this grief end for them? But I really love what grief.com had to say about this. It says that grief is not just a series of events or stages or timelines. Our society places enormous pressure on us to get over loss to get through the grief. But how long do you grieve for a husband, a child, a loved one? A year, five years, forever? The loss happens in time, in fact, in a moment, but its aftermath lasts a lifetime. You know, the Bible says that there's a time for everything. And we know that God views time very differently than we do. I'm learning to be patient with myself, to extend a lot of grace, as I navigate the healing process and to be able to do so for others as well. You know, as I continue my journey of healing and processing my grief, I want to encourage those that have experienced loss of any kind to take time and just take care of yourself. You know, the people in our lives are not always equipped to help us process or understand our grief, and that's okay. I believe that's why God has blessed professionals with certain skill sets. And I want to encourage you to take advantage of that and invest in your healing. That's what I'm doing. When I wake up most mornings, you know, the first thing I do is look at my beautiful daughter. Sometimes she has a smile on her face. Sometimes she's just asleep peacefully. And it brings me so much joy. It reminds me of God and the peace that I get when I'm in his presence. You know, my daughter is a constant reminder of God's goodness to me. She reminds me that God is my refuge and I'm learning that it's okay to enjoy life as I grieve. Some days are better than others. Psalm 71 verse 20 says, though you made, though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. And what I love about this passage is that God will revive me after I've seen many troubles. After I've suffered loss, I know that God is going to see me through. It's a promise and I cling to that. And it's something that I have to look forward to. In my times of grief, I turn to God. I turn to his scriptures. I turn to songs. 
I turned to, you know, my brothers and sisters. And there's one particular song that I turn to a lot, you know, when I feel stuck. And I wanted to share some of the lyrics with you guys today. Uh, the song is To Worship You I Live, and it's by Israel Houghton and New Breed. And some of the lyrics go like this. It says, away, 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 away from the noise, alone with you. Away, away to hear your voice and meet with you and meet with you. It's been a while, but hear my cry, but hear my heart cry again. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. And that's one of my favorite songs. It always draws me close to God. It always connects me. It always lifts my spirit. I want to thank you for taking this time to walk with me as I begin the journey of healing. I pray that you will turn to God to provide you with your comfort and protection in your time of need. Or as you process grief, I pray that you don't feel alone and that you have a safe place to share your heart. I love you. I miss you. And I can't wait to see you. Have a great day. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.